Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Dr. Casey Grover here as your host and happy to have you back again for another episode. In this episode, we're going to look at the medication Topiramate, also known as Topamax, as a treatment for alcohol use disorder. Now, what's the why behind this episode? I was working in my new addiction clinic and one of the nurse practitioners and I were discussing a case. And she mentioned using Topiramate for a patient with alcohol use disorder. And I had to confess that I didn't know much about it and that I had not used it before. So it was time for an addiction in emergency medicine and acute care podcast episode to figure this topic out. We're going to go through a few papers and sources as we go through this topic. Let's start with a paper in the journal, Drugs, from 2022 entitled Novel Agents for the Pharmacological Treatment of Alcohol Use Disorder. Elizabeth Burnett is the first author. This article is a huge review of various medications for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. We will skip ahead to the section on topiramate. The authors begin by noting that topiramate is normally used as an anticonvulsant and is not FDA approved for the treatment of alcohol use disorder, but it can be used off-label for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. And, apparently, both the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs and the American Psychiatric Association support its use in the treatment of alcohol use disorder. So, how does it work? It turns out that the exact mechanism is not fully understood, but topiramate reduces glutamate activity and increases GABA activity. And as an aside, it makes sense that topiramate would help for alcohol use disorder, given that alcohol itself inhibits glutamate and activates GABA. In fact, if you recall back to previous episodes on medications for alcohol use disorder, a camprosate actually has a similar mechanism. Back to the paper. The authors also note that topiramate can reduce dopamine activity in the reward centers of the brain. So, putting it all together, the authors note that topiramate can reduce craving for alcohol as well as alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Now, how well does it work? The authors begin this section by noting that topiramate has been shown to reduce alcohol consumption in rodent models. In human studies, there have been multiple studies that have shown that topiramate reduced alcohol consumption in terms of drinking days, heavy drinking days, and number of drinks per day. The authors move on to specifically call out a meta-analysis of seven randomized controlled trials on topiramate for alcohol use disorder, in which it was found that in over 
1,125 participants to Pyramate increased the number of abstinent days from alcohol and decreased heavy drinking days compared to placebo. So it sounds like it works. This paper only gives summary data, so we will have to dig in to more of the specific numbers later on in the episode. What about side effects? It turns out that topiramate frequently causes side effects, which may make the medication difficult to tolerate. Side effects may include pruritus, paresthesias, anorexia, dysgeusia, dizziness, nervousness, and cognitive impairment. These side effects tend to be more likely and more pronounced when patients are at higher doses. The authors finish this section by recommending that doses, considering the side effects, should be slowly titrated up and patients should be actively monitored for side effects. The authors conclude the section of their paper on topiramate for alcohol use disorder by making one final point. And that is that topiramate can be started while patients are still drinking. This means that it can be used as a part of a harm reduction strategy with alcohol use disorder. Namely, that patients who are still drinking can take topiramate and it can reduce the number of drinks consumed daily and the number of drinking days. It can also be used in patients who are drinking to promote abstinence or in patients who have undergone medical detoxification to maintain abstinence and reduce the likelihood of relapse. And that is the end of the section on topiramate in this paper. It was a good overview, but if you're like me, you want more information on this topic. So, I went back to an article that I have referenced in a few of our previous episodes on alcohol use disorder to get more information. The article is entitled, Diagnosis and Pharmacotherapy of Alcohol Use Disorder, A Review. It was published in 2018 in JAMA with Henry Kranzler as the lead author. This is another big article on the topic, and so we will jump ahead to the section on topiramate for alcohol use disorder. The authors note that topiramate has three indications for which it has been approved by the FDA, seizures, migraine prevention, and weight loss. So once again, topiramate for alcohol use disorder is an off-label use of the drug. The authors then move on to discuss the efficacy of topiramate for alcohol use disorder. They reference the meta-analysis of seven randomized controlled trials that the first paper discussed to highlight that topiramate has shown efficacy for alcohol use disorder. They move on to compare how effective topiramate is for alcohol use disorder as compared to naltrexone, which we know well on this podcast. A 2014 study that reviewed the literature at the time found that topiramate showed a greater reduction in binge drinking than naltrexone, while naltrexone showed a greater reduction in abstinence than topiramate. The authors conclude with a discussion of the side effects. Paresthesias can occur in up to 50% of patients. Dysgeusia can occur in up to 23% of patients. Anorexia can occur in up to 20% of patients. Poor concentration and attention can occur in up to 15% of patients. Nervousness can occur in up to 14% of patients. 
dizziness can occur in up to 12% of patients, and pruritus can occur in up to 10% of patients. And that is the end of the section on topiramate for alcohol use disorder in this paper. Pretty similar to our first paper. Topiramate works, but there is a risk of significant side effects. Once again, this is good data, but we need more. So, I decided to dig into the randomized controlled trial that both articles referenced. It's entitled, A Meta-Analysis of Tapiramate's Effects for Individuals with Alcohol Use Disorder, and it was published in 2014 in the journal, Alcohol, Clinical, and Experimental Research, with Janet Blodgett as the first author. Let's look at the key aspects and findings of this paper. First, it was a meta-analysis of seven randomized controlled trials looking at topiramate versus placebo for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. In terms of how topiramate was used, most studies had a target dose of 300 milligrams of topiramate daily, with plans to slowly titrate up to that dose over one to two months to mitigate side effects. Most of the studies required patients to be abstinent before starting in the trial, but there were some studies in which patients started on topiramate while still drinking. All studies provided psychosocial treatment in addition to medication therapy. What did the meta-analysis find? Let's take a brief statistical break before we discuss the results. They measured the effect size of topiramate by using Hedges G. That's G as in green. Basically, it's a statistical calculation that generates a value called Hedges G. A G value of 0.2 is considered a small effect size. A G value of 0.5 is considered a medium effect size. And a G value of 0.8 is considered a large effect size. As a side note, I dug through a few statistical references, and there's not a standard as to what small, medium, and large effect sizes represent. Oh well, back to the paper. In terms of achieving abstinence, topiramate had a medium effect with a G value of 0.468. In terms of reducing heavy drinking, topiramate also had a medium effect with a G value of 0.406. In terms of reducing craving for alcohol, topiramate had a small to medium effect with a G value of 0.312. Okay, once again, useful information about topiramate for the treatment of AUD, but I still need more information. How do I dose it? How do I reduce side effects? What other treatments for alcohol use disorder can I combine it with? So I found a few other papers on the topic, and while I would love to cover all of them, I found one from the Journal of Addiction Medicine in 2019 that was particularly helpful. The title of the article is, Topiramate Treatment of Alcohol Use Disorder in Clinical Practice, and the lead author was Hassam Jeffy Balul. The article begins with three cases of patients with alcohol use disorder treated with topiramate. Case one was a 56-year-old male, and they describe his alcohol use going from up to 16 drinks per day down to less than four drinks per day over 12 weeks, 
as his depyramate was titrated up to 200 milligrams daily. Case 2 was a 52-year-old male who was treated with topiramate, tapered up over five weeks, whose desire to drink was completely removed by topiramate. And case 3 was a 55-year-old female who was managed with IM naltrexone and topiramate with a taper up on topiramate up to a dose of 200 milligrams daily. She achieved abstinence from alcohol on this regimen and was able to maintain her sobriety even after naltrexone was stopped by staying on the topiramate. The authors then move on to discuss, in a general fashion, the use of topiramate for alcohol use disorder. They remind us of the mechanism of action. Increasing GABA activity and reducing glutamate activity and they also review many of the studies that have been done showing the efficacy of the drug. One statistic that I wanted to call out from this section of the paper was the NNT, or the number needed to treat, which is something that we've discussed previously when looking at the efficacy of medications for alcohol use disorder when we looked at meds for alcohol use disorder in episode 12 of this podcast. The estimated number needed to treat of topiramate to reduce heavy drinking is 5.3, which is actually better than naltrexone or acamprosate, both of which have numbers needed to treat of around 12. Unfortunately, the authors don't comment on the NNT for topiramate to achieve abstinence from alcohol. The authors move on to discuss how to select patients for treatment with topiramate for alcohol use disorder. They note that patients may consider topiramate for alcohol use disorder if their goal is either abstinence or a reduction in drinking. They also remind us that topiramate can be started even when a patient is still drinking. Patients with comorbid PTSD and alcohol use disorder may uniquely benefit from topiramate, given that topiramate may be used off-label for PTSD. The authors also note that topiramate can be helpful for patients who use alcohol and other drugs, such as cocaine, as there is evidence that topiramate can be used in cocaine use disorder. And topiramate could be used in patients with alcohol use disorder on chronic opioid therapy as in such patients, naltrexone cannot be used. Finally, they point out that birth control may be less effective while on topiramate. The authors move on to discuss side effects, which we've already covered in significant detail, so I will rush through this. They review the side effects that were discussed in the previous papers, but do note that side effects are most commonly experienced during the titration up period and that the risk is decreased when the titration is slower. The authors therefore recommend titrating up over a six-week period. The authors recommend a starting dose of 25 milligrams daily for one week. They increase to 50 milligrams daily divided BID after week one. They increase to 75 milligrams daily, 25 milligrams in the morning, 50 milligrams in the PM after week two. They increase to 100 milligrams daily, divided BID after week three. They increase to 150 milligrams daily, 50 milligrams in the morning, 100 milligrams in the evening after week four, 
and they increase to 200 milligrams daily divided BID after week five, and then they continue at that dose at 200 milligrams daily divided BID. When patients need to stop to pyramate, they should be titrated down. The authors recommend tapering down by 25 to 50 milligrams each day, and titration off of topiramate can be done over about a week. And finally, the article notes that when women who are pregnant are exposed to topiramate in the first trimester, there is a risk of cleft lip or cleft palate, so it should be used with caution in women of childbearing age. And that wraps up this article. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to see what other protocols are out there on how to use topiramate for alcohol use disorder. Let's start with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. They have a document that is available online from 2022 entitled, Alcohol Use Disorder, Leading the Charge in the Treatment of Alcohol Use Disorder. Here is their protocol. Start topiramate at a dose of 25 milligrams daily. Increase the dose by 25 to 50 milligrams daily as you titrate up. Once over 50 milligrams daily, the dose should be divided in half and given as BID dosing. As in, once you're at 100 milligrams daily, it should be given as 50 BID. The maintenance dose is 200 to 300 milligrams daily divided BID. It's important to note that this recommendation involves a faster titration up than we saw in the previous paper, so the risk of side effects could be increased. Before you start to pyramate for alcohol use disorder, they recommend that you consider checking a serum creatinine and a pregnancy test for females. For patients with a creatinine clearance of less than 70 mils per minute, the dose needs to be dropped by 50%. The guideline goes on to remind us that the use of topiramate during pregnancy can cause cleft lip or cleft palate. And this guideline also reminds us that topiramate may decrease the serum concentration of contraceptives, so patients may want to use more than one method of contraception. The VA guideline recommends using caution in patients with a history of kidney stones, and the guideline also recommends using caution when patients are on metformin, due to the risk of lactic acidosis when metformin and topiramate are combined. The VA guideline notes a few other concerns that you should monitor for when treating patients with topiramate for alcohol use disorder. First, they recommend periodic, but don't specify how often, checking of creatinine and bicarbonate levels to monitor for acidosis or changes in renal function, there is also a risk of developing hyperaminemia with topiramate, so if patients become confused, they need to be evaluated for hyperaminemia. Now, I actually had trouble finding other protocols online on how people are using topiramate for alcohol use disorder. It took me a bit of time, but I found another one, and it was on the website fitrecovery.com, which was written by Dr. Ken Starr. He's an addiction medicine and emergency medicine doc like me and actually used to work part-time in my emergency department. I've actually worked a few shifts with him. His guidelines note a few things. First, topiramate can reduce the severity of alcohol withdrawal symptoms, which makes sense 
given the mechanism of action that we discussed in the first paper. Second, topiramate can also reduce the desire to drink, which we've reviewed in detail in this episode. Third, he notes that a typical starting dose of topiramate for alcohol use disorder is 50 milligrams daily divided BID. Fourth, he recommends that the dose should be titrated up over six to eight weeks to avoid side effects, up to a dose of 200 milligrams to 300 milligrams daily divided BID. His approach is to increase by 50 milligrams each week. Fifth, he also notes that when treating alcohol withdrawal, 75 milligrams daily can be used. And finally, he cites several studies to back up this approach to using topiramate for alcohol use disorder that you can check out if you go to the website. He also notes that topiramate, when combined with other central nervous system depressants, including alcohol, can lead to significant sedation. So for patients who are still drinking alcohol, the dosage of topiramate should be carefully considered as higher doses of topiramate when combined with alcohol can cause oversedation. And that brings us to the last question that I had, which is about combining topiramate with other meds for alcohol use disorder. According to up to date, the major interaction that topiramate has with other meds is the risk of oversedation when topiramate is combined with central nervous system depressants. So, up-to-date recommends using caution when combining topiramate with other CNS depressants such as antidepressants, sedatives, and opiates. You can, therefore, mix topiramate with either benzos or gabapentin for acute withdrawal, but you'd want to be careful with dosages to avoid oversedation. Similarly, you can mix topiramate with gabapentin for alcohol use disorder, but again, you'd want to be careful with dosages to avoid oversedation. Since naltrexone does not cause central nervous system depression, it could be combined with topiramate, as we saw in the third case of the last paper that we reviewed in this episode. Okay, I finally feel like we've gotten a good understanding of topiramate for alcohol use disorder, let's wrap up this episode with some take-home points. Number one, topiramate is normally used as an anticonvulsant and is not FDA-approved for the treatment of alcohol use disorder, but it can be used off-label for the treatment of alcohol use disorder. Number two, topiramate can be used for the treatment of alcohol use disorder, including to reduce heavy drinking and to promote abstinence. It can be started while a person is still drinking. Topiramate's efficacy for the treatment of alcohol use disorder is seen robustly in the literature. Number three, topiramate does have a risk of significant side effects, including pruritus, paresthesias, anorexia, dysgeusia, dizziness, nervousness, and cognitive impairment. Side effects are more common when starting the medication and when it is being titrated up. Number four, the starting dose of topiramate is 25 milligrams daily and should be titrated up over several weeks to the target dose of 200 to 300 milligrams daily. Doses over 50 milligrams daily should be divided up and given BID. For example, 
200 milligrams of topiramate daily should be given as 100 milligrams BID. Number five, when stopping topiramate, it should not be suddenly discontinued. Rather, it should be titrated down by 25 to 50 milligrams daily. Number six, when using topiramate in women of childbearing age, patients should be aware of the potentially teratogenic effects of topiramate during pregnancy and that topiramate can reduce serum concentrations of birth control. Number seven, when using topiramate in patients with reduced renal clearance, the dose should be decreased by 50%. Number eight, the main interaction that topiramate has with other medications is that when topiramate is combined with medications that are central nervous system depressants, over-sedation can occur. This is also seen when people on topiramate consume alcohol. And number nine, there is less literature on this, but topiramate could also be used to manage mild alcohol withdrawal. And that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for what you do. Please share this podcast with a colleague. We have so much work to do in terms of improving access to care for patients with substance use disorders. Thank you for what you do, and don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.